chapter fourteen of dr luttrell's first patient by rosa nuchette carey this librivox recording is in the public domain an eventful day forget not thy sins that thou mayest sorrow and repent petrarch when olivia woke the next morning she was conscious of a curious feeling an indefinable presentiment that she could not put into words how i wish the day were over she said to herself and the thought of her visit to galveston house and mr gaythorne's sharp cynical speeches quite oppressed her i hope he will be civil to mr barton she observed later on to her husband mr barton is very proud and touchy and he will not submit to a course of cross-examination from a stranger i am quite dreading the afternoon but marcus only laughed at her fears barton can hold his own was his reply he is a bit peppery but he is not such a fool as to quarrel with his bread and butter he knows mr gaythorne is a connoisseur and he will put up with a few sarcastic speeches in the hope of future profits mr gaythorne could make him extremely useful he hinted as much to me this morning there are some pictures he wants rehung and one or two that need cleaning and varnishing barton has only got to prove without doubt that he and not goddard painted that picture and then they will get on all right you must just hold your tongue livy and leave them to fight it out and olivia resolved to abide by his prudent advice robert barton worked hard most of the morning and then as the sun shone brightly he went out for a stroll before the early dinner he came back looking so pale and tired that olivia scolded him for taking too long a walk i have not been far he returned sitting down in rather a weary manner and it was so warm and pleasant in the sunshine that i thought it, that it would do me good then he gave a short laugh and said abruptly the fact is something has bowled me over i have seen a ghost then olivia who was clearing the table for the early dinner stared at him oh of course i am only speaking figuratively he went on i suppose it was really flesh and blood that i saw but no ghost could have been more startling i wonder speaking as though to himself if my sight deceived me but it was certainly a singular likeness if i had only had the courage to stop and speak but when i recollected myself the opportunity had gone a passing omnibus hindered me and then i was too late did you think it was someone you knew yes very curtly a friend of my happier days but he seemed disinclined to say more he was so silent and moody all dinner-time that dr luttrell looked at him in surprise more than once i suppose you will go straight to your lodgings from galveston house he said presently it will never do for you to be out late barton and robert barton assented to this i shall just fetch my bag and one or two things i do not suppose we shall be long and then he rose from the table and began putting up his brushes and then took up a book which he read upside down until olivia was ready to accompany him as they crossed the road she said to him gently i am sorry to see that you are a little out of spirits and i am afraid this visit may be rather trying an elderly invalid has all sorts of fads and cranks but i hope you will be patient 
then robert barton smiled pleasantly oh yes i am quite prepared to be regarded as a fraud but i shall soon prove that goddard is the cheat in this case and then they rang the bell and phoebe telling them that her master was still in the dining-room ushered them into the library please tell mr gaythorne we are in no hurry observed olivia vexed that they had come so early but robert barton with one quick glance round the beautiful room busied himself with placing the pictures in the best possible light there he said stepping back with a complacent smile i think your old gentleman will own that the same artist painted those two pictures when he sees them side by side but as he spoke the sound of footsteps made him look towards the open door as he did so olivia saw him suddenly recoil and turned deadly white at the sight of mr gaythorne standing rigid and motionless on the threshold a stifled voice cried alwyn good heavens it is alwyn and the next moment the heavy crutch-handled stick fell from the old man's trembling hand with a sudden crash at the sound robert barton shivered and shrank back against the easel olivia picked it up and tried to place it in mr gaythorne's hand again but he never noticed her his eyes were fixed with a look of agonized intensity on the white face of the young artist it is alwyn he said again in the same suppressed voice and yet he does not speak or look at me and at the anguish in his tone the young man raised his head father i was not prepared for this he stammered what am i to say to you and then without advancing a step he looked round him wildly father what does this mean am i dreaming where are my mother and olive then a low moan of intense pain broke from mr gaythorne's lips he does not know oh this is too dreadful mrs luttrell he looked at her almost appealingly as though his strength were gone and then she put her arm round him and guided him gently to a chair sit quiet for a moment she whispered you are not fit for this and as she wiped the cold perspiration from his forehead his ashen look terrified her dear mr gaythorne try to compose yourself shall i ring for mrs crampton perhaps she would know what to do but he shook his head vehemently no no only give me time ah look there for the blind hound that had just come into the room was now whining and fawning upon robert barton in the most excited way eros knows him alwyn trying to raise his voice but it was strangely feeble come nearer to me when i told you you were never to see my face again that you were no son of mine i was labouring under a grievous mistake i know now who forged that check i have known it for years no with all your faults you never did that and as he said this mr gaythorne put out a shaking hand to his son but the young man did not take it there was a fierce angry light in his blue eyes and a contemptuous smile on his lips i am glad you have done me this tardy justice sir he said in a firmer tone and that i have heard from your own lips that i am no criminal when we parted i remember you threatened me with penal servitude no i have not disgraced your name to that extent i have starved and nearly died of cold on a doorstep but i have kept my hands clean alwyn exclaimed mr gaythorne piteously i was too hard i will confess that all these years i have been longing to atone and the sorrow and remorse have made me an old man before my time 
there was much to forgive much that you made me bear surely you cannot deny that no sir i will not deny that i was a sad scapegrace but you never took the right way to keep me straight but for my mother and olive i should have run away long before father and here there was a frightened look in his eyes where are they why are you alone then as mr gaythorne raised his hand with a solemn gesture the young man laid his head down on the mantelpiece and his whole frame shook with convulsive sobs dead oh no impossible my own mother who always believed in me and my little olive he gasped out more than once mr alwyn observed olivia putting her hand on his shoulder but the tears were running down her face as she spoke your father cannot bear much more i am afraid he is ill but even as she spoke mr gaythorne who had risen from his chair rather stiffly suddenly fell on the rug at his son's feet the next moment the pealing of the bell brought mrs crampton and the frightened servants to the room they found mrs luttrell and the stranger kneeling by the side of the prostrate form but as the housekeeper caught sight of the young artist's face she uttered a sudden cry it is mr alwyn she said and the joy of seeing him has killed my master but olivia hushed her send for dr luttrell she said we must do nothing till he comes mr alwyn for the unfortunate young man seemed on the verge of fainting i do not think he is dead it is some sort of attack we must do the best we can for him without moving him until my husband comes but to her intense relief marcus entered a moment afterwards one quick glance at the young artist's agitated face gave dr luttrell a vague clue to the mystery but he was soon too deeply engrossed with his patient to think of anything else under his directions a temporary bed was made in the library and the invalid was undressed and laid on it mrs crampton who was a capable nurse carried out the doctor's instructions and olivia made herself useful after the first few minutes alwyn had left the room unable to endure the sight any longer an hour or two passed then dr luttrell rose from his seat beside his patient and beckoned his wife from the room livy he said as they stood together by the hall fire i feel a little more sanguine now there is partial consciousness but everything depends on keeping him quiet i shall remain with him to-night and mrs crampton will be with me i want you to tell me what brought on this attack from all your faces i can see something has happened barton looked as if he would have a stroke too oh where is he marcus i have not seen him for more than an hour ah oh, you may well think that something has happened i never was present at such a scene mr barton is his son alwyn they recognized each other in a moment poor mr gaythorne accused himself of harshness and made a sort of apology but mr alwyn looked so angry and contemptuous and would not shake hands and then he asked after his mother and sister they are dead you know and then oh he broke down and sobbed so dreadfully that it quite upset me i am sure the poor old man was trying to get to him when he suddenly fell down at his feet and mr alwyn screamed out thinking he was dead yes i see poor little livy what a sad scene but you behaved very well now as there is nothing more you can do suppose you take barton i mean gaythorne back with you we can't let him go to the models now and it would not be safe to have him here 
give him some food and talk to him mrs crampton will look after my comforts i will run across later on and tell you how he is and then olivia reluctantly obeyed him marcus was right and she would not venture to contradict his orders but how she longed to stay and share his watch good child he said kissing her you are a splendid doctor's wife no fuss and no arguing and this little bit of praise went far to console her promise me that you will take care of yourself and i will do my best for mr alwyn she said nestling up to him for a moment and then the door-bell rang and phoebe with rather a scared face went to the door is dr luttrell here asked a clear voice that they both recognized as greta williams's and then she caught sight of them and stepped into the hall they told me you were here so i ventured to come across she said in a low tone as marcus looked at her anxiously oh there is nothing wrong only nurse forgot to ask you something and as it was a fine evening i said i would call i am coming round later on i am sorry you have had your walk for nothing returned marcus and then they went apart and talked together for a few minutes then marcus went back to his patient and greta joined olivia who was sitting on the oaken settee by the blazing fire she was tired out with the strain of the last two hours and felt in need of a little rest before she went in search of alwyn sit down greta she whispered how strange you should have come to this house but then everything is strange to-day but here she stopped confusedly as she remembered mr gaythorne's injunction why is it strange asked greta innocently there is someone seriously ill here is there not but your servant did not tell me the name how pale and tired you look mrs luttrell i suppose it is some friend of yours who is ill she glanced at olivia questioningly but she only nodded in answer yes it was a sudden attack i think it must have been a stroke oh greta what is it for miss williams had suddenly risen from her seat with a startled exclamation and was gazing with wide frightened eyes and parted lips into the shadowy corner behind her the next moment robert barton came forward into the firelight with his pale face and fair dishevelled hair he looked almost like a ghost of himself but greta with a little cry held out her hand to him alwyn it is you but how you startled me why did you stand there in that silent ghostly fashion but as he only looked at her in a dazed way and made no answer she turned to olivia mrs luttrell she said piteously what does it all mean why does he not speak to me and we are such old friends is he ill he looks dreadful i should hardly have known him and yet and yet it must be alwyn yes i am alwyn returned the young man in a hollow voice but you must not touch me greta i am not worthy to take your hand i have killed my father End of chapter fourteen